This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing Playing With Science. Science. Yep, we've been allowed out of the state. We've crossed state lines and we're on the set of American Ninja Warriors. Yeah, you may hear some background noises because they are setting up for a show. Tonight's broadcast uh, or broadcast taping. So we are going to be joined later in the show by Matt Eisman and Akbar Baja Biamila, who are the hosts of American Ninja Warrior. And we'll also have the executive producer, Anthony Storm, Joe Moravsky, and Najee Richardson. Those names familiar? They should be. They are expert ninjas. First, we caught up with American Ninja Warriors host Matt Eisman and Akbar Baja Biamilia. Check it out. Hey, here we are with the host of American Ninja Warrior as we stand with the set behind us, Matt Eisman. Yes! And, excited? That's right. right. And Akbar, wait, wait, Baja Bijamilu. Bijamili. Bijamile. Wakanda forever. Baja Biamile. That was Baja Biamile. Oh, damn. <laughs> Chuck Nietzsche, you almost got that. Chuck man. Nietzsche, almost. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's oh, a, okay. Hey, that's a hard last name to go, though. Yeah, Baja Biamile. Yeah, yeah man. Got I just got it now. Yeah. yeah, all I needed to hear was yeah, once. Don't you worry. Know? It took Matt like two years to say it. No, it doesn't. When he's that enormous standing next to you, you learn how to say his name very quickly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a smart move. So let, let's yeah. let's focus on what we got behind us. You guys have been involved from day one, basically, but a long time, if not. season two, yeah. Yeah. What's the evolution been like? And I have to ask you, out of the course designers, which for us are the scientists, and the ninjas, the athletes, who's winning? The geeks or the jocks? 
Well, you know, I, I would call it an even tie because every single year we've elevated our game on the course just because the Ninjas have gotten that much better. Uh, I'd call it an even tie. Well, I, I would say as we look at the obstacles here, the difficulty level has grown exponentially, and that's because the preparation has improved. When we started out, there was one guy who had obstacles in his backyard. Now, anywhere you go in the country, there's going to be a Ninja Gym. So these obstacles have gotten much harder. But you hit on a very good point about the mental preparation. These athletes don't get a practice. They don't know what they're going to face. So we talk about it all the time. People notice the physical, but it's the mental. It's the problem-solving ability, the ability to calculate how to get through the course efficiently, the scientific mind. That's who's really excelling. So what, what I like about it is they don't get the time to sit and digest and analyze each obstacle. It's really got to be, what are my physical assets? And how good and how is my strategy? Well, yeah. well, you know, I'd say it's like the preparation that they put throughout the year, I think it really comes down to their ability to believe in their subconscious and that all their training will allow them to be able to react and respond. The minute you start second-guessing yourself and you start doing all these different things, that's when failure happens. And look, fatigue happens, and then all of a sudden you start doubting yourself, whether you can or cannot handle handle the pressure. But from a scientific point of view, what's really interesting is if you run later, you can watch athletes go before you, but everybody's going to be different. So we'll have people from four feet 10 to six foot seven out yeah. here, you know, ages 19 to 77. So they're going to be all different body types. So what works for one, you may see someone go through and right. think that's how I could do it. But physiologically, that may not work for you. So right. people have to go in and say, I know my body type have a plan of attack, but then be able to adapt on the fly. So it's, it's this unbelievable rule cube that's going through their head at all times. Absolutely. <laughs> You're not alone. You when I look at the course, though, I got to say, as a course designer, I look at it and I'm like, Ninja, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> that was nice. That was nice. Chuck. That was good. That was good. See, on, on TV, I mean, I don't have to put a cup of tea down. I've got cake. It's easy. It's simple. Yeah, that's the same as hosting. That's I'm, what we do. I'm stood, on, I'm stood on the starting line and thinking, I'm not making it out of the pool on the first obstacle. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Because when you get here, it is visually intimidating. I mean, just walking up and think about the ninjas. They've been preparing, they're preparing, and they're thinking to themselves when they step on the course, what is it going to be? What is it going to be? What is it going to be? And they don't know until they get here, and then they start looking at it, and you start psyching yourself out. Like, how do you yeah. do this? What is this? I don't even know the name of it. So it's just, there's all these different They turn the cameras on, and there's people there. That's it. Go. Uh, oh, that's, that's a mind blower. That's the your gun there. at their brightest, you get one shot, and you know you've spent the whole year. And so it's this thing of it's easy to do it when no one's watching, but as soon as the crowd is there and you see it and you know if I make one mistake, my year is over, that's when the pressure ramps up. That's why mentally it's such a tough, tough sport. And speaking of that, lights, people watching, one shot. So the other night, Akbar did the most incredible thing. I'm talking absolute brilliant media manipulation. This man purposely threw a baseball into the ground so he could end up on the news all over America. Tell me about that. Well, you know what? I'd like to probably run with that because right now my athleticism is being questioned all across America. Like, how did he play professional sport and he can't throw? Look, they don't have baseball anymore in the hood, man. I had never, I had never thrown a pitch ever, ever in my life. And I thought, you know, let me just add a little zip to this thing. I'm going to make it like a 50, 60 miler. You know, now that's not big. That's not impressive. I thought, you know, put a little pop to it and uh, it didn't. Uh, I popped everything. I went from cheers to boo. I'm like, oh man. Oh, Philly dear. Fans, they're, they're, they're rough. Oh, In Philly. What I love, though, what I love is Akbar just blamed his, his messed up pitch on segregated housing. <laughs> He actually went with the he actually went with the Patriots excuse, and he said that the football was deflated, and or the the baseball was deflated. So let me ask you guys this: When you look at this course, what is the thing that you think you could do the easiest, and what is the thing that you think you could never do? Uh, 
Well, as I've learned, probably none of it. The floating steps, I might have a chance at being a little bit taller. But other than that, anything upper body strength, I'd have zero chance at. I know for this guy, it would be, well, we're going to see this guy actually get to compete. You're going to run the course? Oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah. yeah. May 24th, Red Nose Day. I've decided to come out of the, the host stand and get onto the course and, and actually take a shot at it. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to redeem my athleticism uh, <laughs> on this run. So but there's no Matt baseballs like, <laughs> on the course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> if now you mention it, we yeah. might bring a few. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the one that, that does look intimidating for me that I always get scared about is like the uh, broken bridge when they're separated and the the the, the, the platform is is loose and, yeah yeah because you, you gotta, gotta be real together yeah, yeah when you're heavy and you're getting like yeah you can tear something well look if if your run goes like your first pitch did he'll be dead <laughs> but it'll be for a good cause <laughs> yeah good for for a good cause lose your your athleticism to raise money <laughs> yeah well, I think we're going to actually try the warped wall. Nice! Oh, really? Yeah, I think we're going to go down there now, and we're going well, to give it a... that's a great scientific experiment, and that's one of the ones you need to talk to the ninjas because it's actually a counterintuitive approach. You tend to lean into it, and it's actually right, exactly. leaning back about it. So it's a really fun one to watch and, and, and analyze. And, and there's a well, great ninja off camera, <laughs> and Drew Dreschel, that's Drew Dreschel. They call him the real-life ninja. So if you want to know how to run a warped wall, you got to hit him up. Hey, Drew, come yeah. here for a second. Yeah, and come Drew told me how to lache. This get over here, buddy. how to lache. All right. So, uh, hey. Yay. All right. Drew, what's your last name? Dreschel. Drew Dreschel. And so how do we run the warp wall, Drew? Uh, well, first thing you don't want to do is run straight into it. A lot of people have a tendency to keep their chest down. Keep that chest up when you run. Okay. Don't stop running. And okay. when you feel like you can't run anymore, jump up. So basically, you got to treat it like you're in a cartoon. Just try to run straight <laughs> up the wall. Yes, yes, right? Exactly. And yes. then reach at the last second. You already sound like you already know what you're doing. No. I'm, okay, cool. Have you never seen a cartoon when... The, when the bunny jumps off the cliff and it doesn't right. work and everything. The feet just keep spinning. Yeah, that'll be All him. All you gotta do that'll is be not him. look down because you be don't chunk. fall until you look down. Gotcha. Once you look right. down, then it's over. Just don't look down. All right, I'm gonna take your advice and hopefully it will work. Keep looking up. Well, Neil would love it. I'll be over there. I'll be making sure you're all right. Okay. All right. Hey, Drew. Thank you. All right. Well, guys, well, guys thanks thanks so been a pleasure. Much, man. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah, without hey, a doubt. What a pleasure. Thanks, Chuck. Akbar, it's a pleasure, man. Thank you. Well, you can actually watch Chuck attempting the wall at Chuck. Uh, playing with science on Facebook and Twitter. And attempting would be the right word. But up next, we sat down with the executive producer of the show, Anthony Storm, as well as real-life ninjas Joe Morovsky and Najee Richardson. So enjoy. Today, we're going to talk like a ninja. Yes. Walk like a ninja. Yes. And maybe even be... Ninjas, or maybe not. No, we're not going to be ninjas. We're not. We're not okay. even going to walk and talk like ninjas, to Spoiler. be honest. Let's, right. let's be honest But we are going to get the man behind American Ninja Warriors. Yes! Executive producer, Anthony Storm. Anthony, pleasure Thank to have you, you on board Happy here. Happy to be here, guys. Yeah, it's great to have you here. We are on set, Chuck. We are on set. We are here behind us. For those of you who are not uh, Star Talk All Access subscribers and you can't see the video, uh, you should subscribe and see the video. Uh, yes. We are on set, and behind us is the American Ninja Warrior Obstacle Course. Um, and it should be more... Uh, it should be named the torture course. See, it's, this is not an obstacle course. No, this is a torture course. This is this is a course that's been designed by a Bond villain with a white cat. Yes. This is pure evil. So, Absolutely. Anthony. <laughs> you very yes, Anthony is stroking He's his white cat right now. <laughs> so tell us, man, seriously. First of all, you, uh, you're the executive producer and the showrunner. And what, where did this come from? What are the origins of American Ninja Warrior? You're in your 10th season. How did this start and how did you come to it? 
Uh, the show started in Japan. The diehards of the show know that. It started as a show called Sasuke in Japan. It was, it was essentially just an obstacle course competition show, and it was very popular there, and it's actually still running there. I think they're in their 34th season or something okay. like that. Um, it came over here, as you said, 10 years ago to the U.S. It started as a very small cable show. Right. Um, it was on G4, which was basically a teen boy channel. Um, around season five, um, it migrated uh, part-time onto NBC, which had the same parent company as G4. Right. G4 ultimately became Esquire. There's a whole long history there that's not that interesting. Uh, but I joined in season six. Okay. Um, my background was in documentary and sports. I have worked at Olympics and Wimbledons and uh, Super Bowls and World Series and every major sporting event in every capacity of production. Um, and then I spent a lot of years producing hour-long documentaries. I did a series called Beyond the Glory, which was a sports documentary series. I did a couple seasons on sports science, which yes. I'm sure you guys are familiar yes, with. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, what we did when I joined in season six, along with Brian Richardson, uh, the other showrunner, is we grew the storytelling aspect of Absolutely. this show. Um, we felt like for a broad national primetime audience on NBC that we needed to make it more um, of uh, a broader show that appealed to men and women and kids and make it a family viewing show. And, yeah. and just a, as a sports show, it was very compelling, but it was very masculine. Yeah. And I noticed that at that point, and this must have been when you joined, um, you guys brought in kind of like narrative arcs for all of the people who were involved and uh, gave them more of a background. You made them human, is what you yeah. did. That's yeah. your documentary background coming from. That is a, my yeah. storytelling background. Yeah. And that starts with casting um, and finding these people. And, and then it's, it's the way we tell the stories. And one of the big decisions we made in season six was to allow the athletes to tell their own stories. Mm -hmm. So instead of using voiceover to tell you about them, we put it in their own words. Um, and then there's the, you know, there are of course editing styles and music choices and all that. But yeah, we made this very much about the, the competitors and their lifestyles and, and made them relatable and rootable. And so anybody watching at home is going to connect to somebody right. over the course of two hours. Absolutely. Um, I, and I, I, I never, because I've been in television for a long time. I always say I'm never falling for that. But remember the little tiny woman that you guys had? I forget her name. Casey Cutting. Casey, yes. yes. Totally fell totally fell for it. Yes, so you're, you're totally not alone. Sucked me in. Totally sucked me in. Yeah. Okay. Judging by the tens of millions of YouTube views her run has got, you're yeah. not alone. So apart from engagement with the audience, unless you put and I will call them athletes yeah, because they them. are athletes. They are beyond athletes. Put them to a point where they are beyond their limits or at the envelope of their limits, the show doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So how do you plot with pure evil to achieve this? Because I've looked along this course and every single thing is nuanced. Mm. The easiest thing I've looked at is the first stage. Yeah. And I know if it's I in, do that, I'm in the water by halfway down. It's so terrifying. how do you get to think about it and how do you engage with the science of it? Well, one of the challenges that people... Um, uh, underrate on this show is the fact that these athletes are seeing the course for the first time when they step up there to compete. That's so as you said, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of technique involved in, in achieving this. So given multiple opportunities, we'd see a much higher success rate. A lot of this, of course, there's athleticism involved and skills, but there's also quite a bit of technique. And so we really focus on creating obstacles that are challenging to you the first time you ever try it. Right. Yeah. Um, we do quite a bit of research and development and quite a bit of testing at our shops back in Los Angeles, in Southern California, 
Um, we also study the submission tapes of the athletes, so we have an idea of their skill sets and their strengths and weaknesses. And of course, we have an inter- database of 10 years of competition to know what they're good at right. uh, and what's going to trip them up. Um, and so when we're building a course, we're building a course from, let's talk about a qualifying course, from obstacle one through six, which is going to um, progressively challenge them as they go along. Mm-hmm. So the first obstacle is usually the easiest and the last obstacle is usually the, the hardest. hardest. Right. And so we, uh, in the course of those six obstacles, we want to test every skill, imaginable skill. And yet, as you said, that's going to test upper body and lower body and right. balance and agility and grip strength. Do you really stick the knife in and twist it when you hit the same muscle group maybe two stages in a row and we're usually trying not Not to to do do that that, because you'll fatigue the person and then you actually build in kind of failure that's right and that's not good for TV no we (laughs) we have sort of a desired failure rate on every obstacle right yeah Um, and we test enough that we can usually get close sometimes the night goes much differently than anticipated and then many more people fall at an obstacle than we would have expected and Mm -hmm. that's the nature of true competition Um, but we do try to test multiple body parts fatigue them in different body parts throughout the course of the So do you start with, this is what will make an athlete fail and work backwards, mm. and trying to trying to not come too far away from 100%, yeah. or do you say to yourself, right, what can we do to stress athletes? Well, it depends on the obstacle. Normally, we prototype an obstacle, um, we do a couple tests on it, and we notice right away whether it's too hard or too easy. All right. mm-hmm. And then that's where our adjustment begins. Mm-hmm. We kind of know, based on, as I said, our, our intel, what these athletes are capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing we have to factor in is, are they capable of that if it's their first obstacle or right. if it's their fifth? Right, right. absolutely. And so we right. have to factor in the fact that they will have done multiple obstacles prior to that. So now, with that in mind, let's consider, do you consider um, body type mm. and rate to strength ratio? Because when I look at all of these, you know, I see, okay, somebody like myself, for instance, I have a very large wingspan mm-hmm. for a guy my size. Yeah. That means doing a pull-up is really much, much more difficult for me mm-hmm. than it is for somebody but with But then you have arms. reach. Some of these obstacles right. so are that reach. would be an advantage. Yeah. So now, are yeah. you taking that kind of weight to strength ratio in uh, keeping that in mind when you're doing this? There's a lot of things like that we keep in mind. Um, number one is trying to build obstacles that don't favor taller athletes or for that matter shorter athletes. Mm-hmm. Trying to build obstacles that don't favor men versus women. Yeah. Uh, trying to fit, to build obstacles that don't favor light people versus heavy. Gotcha. Um, there are some variables we can't account for. Ge- generally, it's better to be lighter on this course. Absolutely. You're holding your body weight up for a for lot a of the time. time you're out there. Yeah, man. It's better not to be holding too much weight. Right. Um, but using balance obstacles as, as an example, it's very difficult to build an out-balance obstacle that doesn't favor people with long legs. Because mm. the less steps you have to take to get from one side of the pool to the other, the less times you have the opportunity to fall down. Absolutely. So the, th- the so thing we, is we there, you're looking at it, a guy that turns up, or a girl that turns up and they're totally ripped, right. bulging with muscles, yeah. isn't necessarily the advantage in the way to burn the course off. No, we've seen, let's talk about CrossFitters. Yeah. We've yeah. seen many CrossFit champions come on our course and flail terribly. Yeah, uh, It's just a different skill set. It is. Ninjas, yeah. ninjas and CrossFitters are different athletes. Right. Uh, we've had profe- tons of professional athletes. We're going to have Jason Avant, who played wide receiver for the Eagles for many years, is going to come out here and compete tonight 
and I'm curious to see how he does because mm. he is an elite professional yeah. athlete yes, and he he's is. been training ninja right. but not as long as our athletes. Now, will he have to catch footballs while he's doing the course <laughs> because if he doesn't, I will be disappointed. Now, that would be an somebody advantage should, for him. Somebody should just be throwing footballs at him right. the entire time. That we know he can do. <laughs> see, why are you still a disgruntled Eagles fan? I don't know. Are you kidding me? I can't be any happier. Yeah, I know. I'm, but listen, it's a new season. I'm already over last season. Um, <laughs> see, that's a true Eagles fan yeah, right there. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I'm looking at this. Uh, all of these things are never seen before, right. and therefore they have to be custom. Do you guys have engineers, and do you have de course designers uh, specifically? Yeah, we have engineers. We work with a company called ATS. Um, they build and design our courses. Um, the actual development of the obstacles comes from us, so the production team, along with ATS. And in the last two years, we've had uh, suggestions sent in by the fans. We have an obstacle design challenge, and people can send in designs, and we've used, I'd say, probably 10 of those wow. on the course, which is really exciting, because a lot of them are sent in by kids. Yeah. So we've had obstacles that have played tremendously that were sent in by 8, 9, 10-year-olds, which so is really So another level of engagement with your audience. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. And and, and they, they, we get tens, speaking, hundreds of those submissions. Speaking of eight and ten year olds, uh, and I know we got to take a break, but very quickly, I have seen the influence of this show popping up in playgrounds oh, yeah. around um, different communities. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything to do with that, or is it just the part that you've melted into the zeitgeist that much? It's just the influence of the show, and it's, it's not just playgrounds, it's, it's gyms. You know? they're, they're popping up in every city in America, uh, and more and more every day. And I think people have just found that this is a fun way to exercise. You know, it's not repetitive, it's not redundant, and, yeah. and you can achieve things. So at the end of a certain period of time, you can say, I used to not be able to do this many, but now I can do that many. Or I couldn't get through the winglets, and now I can. Right. If, if we take a step back from the physicality of the Warrior Challenge, if I don't have strategy, mm. if I don't then engage my mind first, yeah. I will fail. And how do you build that mental obstacle course as much as you build the physical one? Well, I can tell you this much. When you look at the course, I have failed. That's okay. I don't care how good I am at anything. I would look at this course and say, I failed. Yeah. I mean, I, the, way, the only way we factor in the mental aspect is in if we expect a certain amount of people to um, succeed on an obstacle, we scale our expectation back by 20%, knowing that 20% of those people that should succeed will fail simply because they're under the lights, they've psyched themselves out, uh, or they're, they're going to make a bad decision. Mm -hmm. Cool. Do you then have, when you design an obstacle, the ultimate strategy of how a ninja will solve the problem? And then are you surprised by the ninja that solves it in a totally different way? Oh, we love that. There's nothing better for us than seeing someone get through an obstacle a way that we had never expected or anticipated. And it's <laughs> fascinating for a viewer, too. Right. Um, you know, we, we sort of safeguard against cheats because we really want the obstacles to be completed the way they were intended. Right. But sometimes someone figures something out that's just mind-blowing. And it's Or out of necessity. They're about to fail and they have nothing left in the tank. It's figure out a way to get through in a way we never could have expected and we love that fantastic <laughs> i know we got to take a break we are. we're coming back with more you're sticking around right anthony? of course all uh, right when we come back not just more anthony but <laughs> a ninja himself joe moravsky <laughs> joe moravsky one and only joe moravsky <laughs> stick around we'll be back shortly whether you're a family vacation traveler business tripper or long weekend adventurer choice hotels has a stay for any you 
And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Star Talk. Visit IXL.com slash Star Talk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. 
pxg.com slash StarTalk, code StarTalk. Welcome back to Playing With Science. Gary O'Reilly, Chuck Nice, EP of American Ninja Warrior, Anthony Storm, and the last man standing. John Morawski. Yes. yes. Yeah. In the, I would say the building, but we're outside. Yeah. On the set. On we the like set. to say last ninja standing, because it's not always going to be a man. That's, That's right. right. Well, thank you for correcting you me. Go. Last ninja standing. Hashtag me too. Yes. <laughs> Showing up right here. <laughs> and right, and rightly so. Um, Okay, Joe. So how do you do this, man? Yes. How, does, how does this even come about? I mean, seriously. Do you, I mean, like, you're a ninja now, okay? Did you wake up one morning and go, yeah, ninja time? <laughs> you know what? what? Yeah, it had to be that right time in my life, of course, because, yeah. you know, I was going to school uh, back in Connecticut for meteorology back in the day, of course. Can't believe it's many years ago now at this point. But, you know, I just had that moment uh, in time where everything kind of came together. And I, sit, I was sitting on the couch, like everyone does at home watching this show, and I was like, Mom, I, I really think I can do this. And she was, you know, a little sarcastic tone. But she was like, yeah, I'm sure you could, honey. Good I, for you, honey. Like, what? Mom, you're supposed to support your son. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the good news was, you know, everything fell together. I, you know, I had this nice uh, weatherman background. It was very unique. Um, and it, I almost probably came off as a novelty act where people thought, it'll be funny to see this guy run the course. But sure enough, you know, I was a real athlete. People didn't take me seriously right, so until I saw you're it. involved as a meteorologist, <laughs> you have very much a scientific background. Yeah. Advantage or disadvantage when it comes to and do you, working this course? And do you ever bring science to, yeah. to, to what Definitely. you're doing? Definitely. Definitely. Oh, there's so much that goes into this science-related. You know, uh, the first thing I think of immediately is I go live in front of, you know, who knows how many people on the given day mm -hmm. uh, doing the weather. And that's sometimes more nerve-wracking than this. Because this is taped, you have a little opportunity. Let's say if I trip and fall on my face, hopefully they'll edit something out like that. No, no. probably not. Yeah, Anthony like, no, says no. Yeah, yeah. So that's, He's like, too, that's called television that's gold. That's too yeah. good. That's yeah. too good. Are you face planning? Are you kidding me? We <laughs> right. need that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but you know, when it comes to doing the weather, there's no second chances. It's right, right there. You, People if you stumble or lungs. faint or something, yeah, yeah, that's it. So, and yeah, not to mention that, of course, of course. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, with that all in mind, of course, I'm able to handle this a little better, but. I was just, before coming on camera here, I was looking at the weather forecast for tonight. Because I know we have some we showers, at? we have some showers around. It's right. gonna be it's gonna be dicey, I think, a little later after midnight tonight, and then tomorrow, especially if you know for the finalists that make it that far. Right. <laughs> you got thunderstorms all day tomorrow. Yeah, it'll right? be interesting. Okay. So Anthony, how do you build a course to get the best out of this guy? It's funny because our, our elite athletes are always at the forefront of our mind. You know, how are we going to push these guys? There's such a spectrum of athletes that compete on this show. You know, everything from 65-year-old uh, grandfathers to this year 19-year-old superstar athletes. And, and you know, and, and Joe is amongst the, the elite, of course. His, you know, his, his history proves it. So we've got to find a way to build courses that somehow challenge that, um, that really wide spectrum of athletes. Um, but, you know, Joe pushes us. What Joe is able to do forces us to create more difficult yeah, obstacles. And Joe can talk about season six versus season 10. The obstacles get harder every single year because these guys get better. So talk about the, um, how do you find these these people? I mean, what, what, what's the process? Uh, look at Joe, he's a good looking guy. He's an <laughs> Thank athlete, you. Thank you. you know, he's, I mean, he's great. We're, we're talking to him, he's great in an interview. Is any of this stuff a consideration or? Yeah. yeah. Sure, I mean, it's a television show um, and a sport. And so we've got to find that balance of people that can, uh, speak eloquently and, and tell their story. Yeah, and so we're, we're casting to find people that, that hopefully have a story to tell, something that the viewer at home is gonna connect with um, and can you know make their way through part of the course at least and hopefully conquer it. 
you know, and then we also want to have these superstar athletes. You know, Joe, Joe has a very full life. He's got a family and a job and all these things to talk about, which is yeah. terrific. Some of our great athletes are pretty much just athletes, and that's okay, too. Um, because, you know, our audience wants to see everything. They want to see superstar athletes at their best, and they want to see people they connect with. And hopefully on a good night, we bring them all of that. What cool. do you feel your audience connects with better? The already storied superstar athlete? Yeah. Or where did this guy come from? <laughs> wow. I mean, I think they connect to all of it. And I, you know, yeah. we have such a diverse audience that I think there's something for everybody. Um, there's a lot of kids watching our show. Mm. I think that they connect with the other kids. And so they see a father or a mother and they see the kids on the sideline and they say, I wish that were my parent up there doing that. And then, of course, the, the, the younger athletes connect with our athletes and they say, I wish I could do that or I wish I had an opportunity to be on the show and do that. Um, and I, I mean, I know I, as a viewer, connect to almost all of our athletes. You know, when I'm watching the show in the edit bay, I feel something for almost everybody we put on. Air. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? So, Joe, let's go back to you. Physically, yeah, I don't think we have a doubt about you being able to cope with most of it. But without your first approach mentally, how would you survive? I mean, and how do you build that in? Do you look at each obstacle and go, got it, I got my strategy, I need to know how to conquer this, and you know through your own physical assets that you can do that? Or if you can't quite, how do you work around it? Well, you know, it's interesting. I really, I like to talk about growing up. And I was, you know, I was just in Sherman, my hometown, Sherman, Connecticut, doing this exact thing I used to do as a child. I used to go down this little stream yeah. down by my house and jump from rock to rock. Something so simple yet so scary and so real. Yeah, yeah. You mm -hmm. know, and, and looking at this course, sometimes you have to think of it like that. You're just trying to stay out of the water. Don't overthink things. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's as simple as that. That's pretty cool. And so, you know, when I when I keep that in mind and just I, I just try to remind myself it's it should be instinct at this point for me. Yeah. I've been doing it as a kid. To look at the course and come up with a plan, of course that's what we want to do and be able mm. to have that opportunity to do. Uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, you don't have a very long time to look at it and to game plan, so you just gotta keep it simple. Right, so let me ask you this, have you ever had an obstacle that kind of, um, I don't know, that kind of ate your lunch psychologically? It's just like, what is it about this thing? It should be the simplest thing for me. I'm a, damn, I'm a rock climber. Why can't I just hold on to that one little thing? I don't understand it. Anything like that ever happened? We have Anthony Storm here. I don't want to give him any insight. <laughs> I have the tape. I've already seen the tape. Oh, you're like, oh, you're like that's ammunition, right? I don't want him to know. No, you know what? Honestly, every individual obstacle for me is very doable. There are a few that we haven't seen yet that, you know, have been in Japan on, on their version of the show, Sasuke, mm -hmm. uh, that haven't aired or been on the course here yet. I know it's just a matter of time until we probably see something from uh, there. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he knows exactly. <laughs> oh, he's just dialed up Joe's kryptonite. Uh, exactly. That's what he did. Anthony yeah. just put both hands up as if he was gripping like a bar. It's a vertical a grip a, like a this. Reverse grip. He knows. Vertical what? So he knows. Yeah. This is not good that he knows that. <laughs> it's really, it's the ninja's kryptonite. It's it, Every single ninja kind of despises what we call the vertical limit. It's this ledge. And it, it, think of a two by four, but on the back of the two by four is a centimeter or so that you just get your fingertips over and you have to rely on this pitch oh. to traverse it. The Japanese athletes tend to be very light and so the obstacle isn't as challenging for them. It's mm. of course still challenging, but when the Americans go over and they have some muscle mass, it's a little more difficult for them yeah. to get through that. Oh, so yeah. this is almost, almost replication of a, a rock climbing 
the, the, well, very shallow, the, very yeah. strong fingertips. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Well, that's, yeah. Make sure but you that, warm up. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's every part of the body's up for grabs as far as you're concerned as a course designer. Yeah, I mean, fingertip strength is one of the keys to our course. And, and you know, I'm sure Joe can talk about some of the bizarre ways these guys train those muscles. But they're literally training the pads on the tips of their fingers to have that strength to get through the course. What is one of the things that you do, Joe? <laughs> You know, obviously a lot of repetition of rock climbing, that's, that's that key. Helps, right? That's mm. key. Yeah, a lot of the best climbers, a lot of the best ninjas, rather, are climbers. Are climbers. You know, you look back at our USA versus the world competition. We go against Sean McCall every year, one of the world's best rock climbers. And he destroys the course, for the most part, every single time. Doesn't mean every rock climber is going to be that good, but no. you got to look back. Season 7, our very first, uh, you know, winner of the million-dollar prize. Who was it? Isaac Caldiero. One of the world's best rock climbers. So, yeah. you know, so now, is that because rock climbing is not just strength? It's also agility, but it's also balance. Like there's like the overall people think of balance as something that stand like you're mm -hmm. standing. But balance has to do with all different parts of your body and all different body stances in order for you to have correct balance. Is that part of it? Oh, footwork and body position, it, it means so much in the world of climbing and the world of Ninja Warrior. Right. Um, certainly, there may be some harder things in the Ninja world versus the rock climbing world and vice versa. Um, but, you know, when you're on a really hard climb, inverted, and you have to do what's called a flag, or you dip your leg across your body, or you yep. drop your knee into a knee bar. There's so many, or a, a drop knee, there's so many different techniques that can translate to something on this course that'll help you. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, the, the joke is, I don't know if it would be considered a joke, but you know, the rock climbers have the skill to get there and to win, but they never do because they can't get through some of the more parkour-based right. uh, obstacles, like striding or lashing through the air. A lot of them don't Prefer that Le type of motion. Lachey. 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 That sounds yeah. Lachey. That sounds, sounds very like much like sachet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. Not quite. Work it. It's what I'm saying. Chuck <laughs> Nice on the course, okay? Watch and learn. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Somehow, so, just did not think you'd resist that. Of course no. I couldn't. So let's take you back to the first time you walk out on set here. Oh. Hmm. Now, you know from the physical aspect Whatever you dial up, I'll handle it. But there's TV cameras, and there's people who know you, and they're watching. How does that thou crowd that most important space, the bit between your ears? You know, I think the most important time for me preparing-wise, and this probably goes for everybody, is the moments before. Mm -hmm. You know, before you run, even the hours before. Uh, you have to juggle those thoughts before you step up to that, that starting block. You have to. Because if you don't think about the pressure before, it's gonna hit you too hard there and you might make a mistake. I, I like to really think about everything. The fans, the cameras, the millions of people watching, the middle of the night that we're filming. You know, mm. I think of everything, I get nervous, and then I let it go. So, okay, it's a night shoot, and it's not early in the evening, it's early in the morning. Yeah. You're playing with biorhythms. You've now got a different, you're evil. You're an evil person. <laughs> filming this at this He's time of the day. pointing at Anthony right, right? now. So because. Is there a reason for the early morning shoot? It's just we need to shoot all through the night in order right. to get all our runners mm. through the course. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. And not because you just want to play with the guys' biorhythms no. as well. No, okay. no, I mean, they, they've actually done a remarkable job over the years of shifting their sleep patterns, you know, in the week preceding competition. So, you know, Joe can speak to it more, but most of mm. the ninjas start staying up all night a few days or if even longer before competition. They sleep during the day so that by the time competition comes around, their, their biorhythm is correct for that. How amazing. Cool. See, there's no attention. It's an attention to detail. Nothing yeah. is left. Yeah. Out. 
Tell me about you know, it. I'm, I'm strengthening my fingertips. I'm getting my sleep patterns right. Right. Yeah, two Good things man. I work on all the time. Strengthening my t- fingertips and getting my sleep patterns right. right. So let me tell you, uh, let me say, Anthony, uh, is there, where do you see this course? Let's say, I mean, clearly you guys are going to be on for another 10 seasons with no problem. Yeah. Um, where do you see this going? It's already grown so much. I mean, I... I I can't tell you how many countries we're in right now, but I could start naming them and it goes on forever. You know, Ninja Warrior is literally in nearly every country in the world right now. Uh, In Asia, Europe, uh, South America, every part of the world. Uh, Australia was a huge success in Australia. So it it continues to grow worldwide. As we talked about, it's continuing to grow domestically in the gyms. There's gyms in every city now, multiple gyms, and there are companies that are starting to spread like wildfire. Um, And we have a kids show coming out. Oh, uh, so you will see athletes ranging from nine to fourteen years old taking on a little bit smaller versions of these courses. Cool. There's already a team version of this show, and so you know there's room for growth. Is that the legacy? Uh, a fitter, more. I hope so. Yeah. Athletically intelligent country. Youth. You yeah. Mean inst- and therefore. You mean instead of the <laughs> big nacho-eating mess that we are now? Is that- yeah. I hope so. You said that. If that's the legacy, you know, we'll be very proud to have had something to do with it. You know, if the fact that there are kids watching this show that are going into the gyms Mm. at ages earlier than they normally would have and then bringing their parents with them. Right. Because someone's got to take them and pay the membership dues. That that is terrific for society. You know, the fact that anybody is watching our show and getting up off the couch to try to do what these athletes do is tremendous. I agree. That's cool. Well, All we right, got to wrap this session we're gonna take up, a break. we're coming back, right? Uh, we are coming back, um, but thank you we'll to executive producer Anthony Storm. Joe is going to stay with us. and we're gonna, We are going to hang out, but we're going to be joined by another ninja. Najee Richardson will join us, and uh, yeah, stick around. We'll be back shortly. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back. I'm Chuck Nice. And I'm Gary O'Reilly. And, and that's this confused is... you, hasn't <laughs> it? No, you're Good, confused. it has. Yes, and yes. this is Playing With Science, and we are down on the set 
of American Ninja Warrior yes. in Philadelphia. And we have with us two, two ninjas. Not just any ninjas. Nah. Two of the best. One, one Philly's favorite, and that is Najee Richardson. Yes. And staying with us from a previous segment is Joe Morovsky, who uh, is from Connecticut. Yes. Uh, and down here. The and last, and last ninja standing. The last, last ninja, ninja standing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, um, so I think we asked uh, Joe this, but Najee, how did you come? Like, did you just start jumping on your bed and then you started, they went to parkour and now you're like, gotta be a ninja. How, how <laughs> does it, start, how did it happen for you? It starts like that for everyone, I feel like, but I was a gymnast. I did gymnastics for over 11 years. Oh. And uh, when my career ended from an injury, I saw one of my buddies pop up on TV. He was an old teammate. He was doing this. It was season six. So I gave him a call, reached out, and he was building a gym at the time called the Gravity Forge and Hatboro PA. Uh, he let me come and try some of the obstacles and I was hooked instantly. Wow. wow. I didn't even know that story. Yeah. yeah. Dan. <laughs> Dan Damn, wow, that's yep. really cool. I had no yep. idea. So the gymnastics element of it, you'd have felt comfortable with what you were asked to again perform right and yeah and, and, and for me it's like it was a lot of muscle memory like a mm -hmm. lot of the flying obstacles where i'm throwing myself from one obstacle to the other that was muscle memory yeah a lot of what you do in gymnastics is just flying through the air yeah. i mean that's my nickname so um that part of it came very natural the things that i had to work really hard for was grip strength in gymnastics we literally have grips on our hand right. so that it's easier for us to hold onto the bar yeah a little so, rosin doesn't help doesn't hurt either not at all right. so um it was hard for me to build that grip strength in Initially, but after a few you know years in the sport, I've kind of got a good handle on it. Joe, do, what, what Najee is saying about muscle memory, uh, a guy can have, or a, a female athlete, a ninja turns up, they'll be strong, they'll be weight strong, but is it so much about actual conditioning of the muscles themselves that is so vital here? Oh yeah, and you know it's interesting for Najee and a lot of these uh, you know Olympic uh, gymnasts, yeah. people that come out from a sport that they're an elite member of that particular sport. It's hard for them, I feel like, because they've trained their body to do things one way. Yeah. For example, Lachey's, Najee won't say this because he's too modest, but he's one of the greatest guys when it comes to flying through the air. That's why he's the flying phoenix, you know, and he's so right. good at it. And I have to imagine it's because he's, you know, he's just this high level gymnast or used to be this high level gymnast. You got some of it still left yep. in you. I know you do. A little bit, a little bit. Um, but, you know, he's able to translate his, his gymnastics background so well. And a lot of people have a lot of issues doing that mm -hmm. because they have trained so long for their body to do one thing that it's hard to break those habits. Yeah. So let me ask you guys, uh, when you look at this course, uh, not, not this particular course, over the time that you've been a Ninja Warrior, what is the one obstacle that you overcame and you were like, yes, I did it. I did. Suck it. <laughs> yeah, right. I did it. For I, me. Yeah, go, yo, please. For me, it was the salmon ladder. The, what now? Uh, the salmon ladder. Salmon ladder. Yeah, the salmon ladder. That took me out my second season. Yeah, that's so now, just so that for the people at home who may not know. Right. So there's a bar, and then you have an ascending um, rungs. level le, le, rungs. Rungs. Yeah, yeah. But they're notches. They're not really rungs. Yeah. It's one bar that you have to and actually you've got to raise the bar unhinge yourself. the bar, raise it up, put it back in the next slot, yep. and then engage it so that you can pull yourself up. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so go ahead about that. Yeah, for me, I fell in that my second season. That took me out, and that was something I was very comfortable with uh, doing in, in the gym. That was one of my favorite obstacles to train. So 
come showtime, I fell on it. It really, it, it, God, it bothered me. It bothered me for a good year. And yeah. when I got back to Vegas, that's all I thought about. I was just mentally disturbed at so that point. So what do you think? I mean, because physically you're capable. That's right. Not, that's not a doubt. Right. So what, what was the change? What happened? Was it cameras, lights? I think, ah. I think when you get very comfortable in an obstacle, you have, you kind of just take it for granted a little bit. You don't okay. really uh, take in consideration the things that could go wrong, maybe getting one side up higher than the other. You're just right. kind of going off, again, muscle memory. Mm. And sometimes that can play a huge factor into the obstacles because here they're built differently than they are in the gyms. It's, and, that, you know, it's funny you say that because many elite athletes uh, make that, like think of professional receivers on a football field and you see them drop a ball, you're like, right. how did you drop that ball? And then the slow motion replay, you see the guy is actually turned and started looking up yeah. field before he caught the ball. Because in his mind, that catch was so easy, right. he already caught yeah, it. Exactly. Routine for these exactly. guys. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened to you. That's exactly what happened to me. I took wow. it for granted. I was like, I do this all the time. Like, it should be easy. Didn't think about it. And then it took me out. But it's a great life lesson, especially for this sport, not to take any one of these obstacles for granted, no matter how many times you've done them. Because mm -hmm. at any moment, it can take you out. And Joe, what was your obstacle oh, man. that you, you were know, just like, I did it? Oh, the first year I was on the show, I fell on stage three in the Vegas finals, which it was just an achievement to get that far most athletes never even get to stage three i did it my first year yeah so that was a good start it certainly helped me get to where i am today it put a lot of confidence in my mind which is very important by the way as we know um but i fell on an obstacle called the floating doors floating, floating doors. boards but floating doors imagine a door with right. no handle mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to grab the top i know i saw and they're hanging there yeah you gotta pinch <laughs> you gotta pinch. imagine doing this at home don't do it because it'll probably break, break the hinges off but mm -hmm. trust me i've learned the hard way uh, you can get on the door just by pinching your hands and your feet. And that's it. You have to move to the next door, shift your body to the next, and oh, the next, and dude, the next. And I insane. found the very last door. And that's I'll tell insane. you what, you want to talk about psyching yourself out. I trained that obstacle all year. And that was my first real moment because it was my second season then to come back and try to do it again. Mm -hmm. That was my first real opportunity at, at you know, righting a wrong. Right. And I did well, and obviously uh, the rest is history. So. And then I look at this course, and there's, there's no doors on it. Like, Thank, you know God. Thank, I mean? Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Okay, we talked about Naji and your gymnastics background, but Joe has that kind of. You've all got your secret ninja skills, right? The scientist, the weatherman, the guy that can tell you if it's going to rain. And how do you look at it? You think. Is that an advantage to you? Is that something you think, yeah, really? Has, could that be a skill that I could acquire? Is it something? How do you feel about has that? Has he ever shared some weather secrets with you before a match? He doesn't share any weather secrets Nobody with Nobody asks. They no. don't care about the weather. <laughs> they just care about when I get the weather wrong. That's really the only time they care. <laughs> He'll psych us out and be like, guys, it's going to rain today. And like, really, Joe? Come on. And then we're psyching ourselves out, and then it doesn't rain. I'm like, oh, you did that on purpose. <laughs> you did that I've on purpose to take us out of the game. See? <laughs> See? Yeah. So how much further do you think this can go in terms of of how they're pushing you mentally and physically mm. with these particular tasks. Well, you know what? Looking at Sasuke, the Japanese version of the show, um, the original show, you know, they're kind of the, the leader in this sport mm -hmm. because they've been doing this, I can't even, uh, 20 years. It's yeah. a long time. Yeah. Is it 30? 30 seasons maybe, but yeah, 20 yes. years. Because yeah. uh, I do a few seasons per year sometimes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they are ahead. We've seen, we talked with Anthony earlier, you know, the... <clears throat> the vertical limit, that obstacle, we don't we haven't seen it yet. Right. Najee's shaking his that, head already. He's only gonna mention yeah. it. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Unfortunately, but they he knows. can have that one. They, they can, can keep it, that exactly. over there. So there are a lot of things that can change over time. 
Fortunately for us, we can see that and prepare for that. And we are preparing. We've done right. vertical limits. We've done yeah. things like that before. But, uh, I mean, you got to be ready. you got to be yeah. physically and mentally ready. You guys do not get to practice on the course, right? I wish. That would be great. That's a hard thing about being a ninja versus gymnastics, too. Is during gymnastics, we literally get to practice our routine before the competition. And you know and exactly what the, uh, the apparatus you know, is. Exactly. We know yeah. how the high bar feels, how tight yeah. it might be. You know, we get to practice the width of the pommel horse, things like that. We literally get to feel the obstacle or the um, event first before we actually compete. And here, you just, you got to go. You know, you have no time to prepare. Ugh, literally. I just got butterflies. You said, got to go. And my heart sank. <laughs> the rules guy on the course, he's always yeah. telling us he gives us a countdown and after a certain amount of time they're gotta like go. Gotta, gotta go, go joe gotta go and you're like oh your heart just drops yep. so when you hear like, i'm not that, ready I'm sick already <laughs> i don't want to do this <laughs> I, I just i just look at this and think right there is a physical limit but you don't quite know what it is yet right because every time they invent a new obstacle you guys find the solution so they're always you, you kind of got this synergy where you push each other yeah. to find a new way to elevate the thing. So, Chuck, should we reinvent Absolutely. the course? So what could there, we do? What we like to do here is make sports better by giving our own little uh, caveats and twists. Maybe not in. better. Yeah, well, it's better for me because there are, it ends up in more injuries. Sorry. Oh, uh, but that's, that's how, not good. See, no I'm a spectator. Injuries. I'm a spectator, so I have no interest vested in safety, okay? Um, <laughs> you want some entertainment value. That's Something it. That's you kind of like it. Just think of me as an yeah. ancient Roman. You know okay. what I mean? I'm like, when are the lions coming? Okay. So. <laughs> that could make it a little more interesting, throw <laughs> yeah, well, a line we, behind I, you. I, well, my move. point is this. Like, so first of all, you guys have water hazards. Right. Let's make it interesting. Talking about piranhas and sharks. All right. Sharks, sharks with lasers. With lasers. Boom. Of course. Sharks with yep. lasers. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have okay. sharks with lasers. Let me ask yep. you this. Are you confident on anything on this course that's a water hazard okay. that you would do with an unfed shark swimming in a pool beneath you? Wing nuts. What's wing nuts? Oh, the wing nuts are over there. It's right after this balance obstacle. I would do that. Would okay. Do that That's like the little bicycle thing it's that like, you hang on yeah. as you go from, and you go from one to go another. from one. Yep. You got three of you them You got three there. of them that you go to. And there seems to be like a drop there so that you're having a big jolt from one stage to the next in there. It almost looks like that. I think it might be an illusion from where we're sitting. They're pretty straight across. Oh, they are pretty straight across. Yeah, they're, you know, I don't know how many feet. They don't tell us that. They don't tell us. But, yeah. All right. So now here's It's the, far. You, I'm surprised he said that. You're yeah. actually I'm confident not, enough that you would do that with a shark underneath you? I would you? do it with the wing Good nuts. for you, man. I would do it with the wing nuts. Wait, you so I'm, I'm confident. No way. I would do uh, it. I would now, do obstacle sure. number now, one. Now, now, now. Hands and feet. <laughs> hands, hands, hands and feet. feet. Obstacle number Hands one. That's where you would do it. All four limbs stay on. What we do now is we test this young gentleman's confidence and drop some blood. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, let's go. In the water. Yeah. See, Najee must know that he's not delicious. See, I would never do that. I would never do that. Sharks try to get out of the water to eat me. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is, a, is that Chuck? Mm, I am so hungry. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. We got to wrap it up? We have. Wow, you guys are really Yeah, thank you. thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. such a pleasure really to have it. you. Yeah. And listen, good luck to both of you tonight. Uh, the way this works is if you finish and you are um, in a certain time, you just move on, right? Is that yes. it? So yeah, top 30. Deal. Top so 30 top move 30. on you unless move. we have more than 30 finishers, right. which rarely happens. And then it goes by time, time, right? Yeah, so, so the furthest, the fastest. Hoping that on. both of you guys advance and uh, yes. definitely uh, kill the course tonight, man. Kill the course. Yeah, yeah. There's good camaraderie between everybody. 
We've oh, met yeah. all the ninjas. Yes. So just, yeah, just so that you guys at home know. So who were all the the guys coming through? There was a huge contingent of guys coming through, all shaking your hands and saying testers. what's up. And those are testers. Those are testers, yeah. right? And what are they going to do? They're going to actually try and run the course just to see what, just to warm it well, up. Well, I mean, they prepare production uh, with oh, maybe okay. different camera, camera angles okay. or. Make sure the obstacles work, so, although they've done that already in the, the so past in few the days. So in the kind of television that I do, where you just um, sit down, they call those stand-ins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you, we can call them our stand-ins. Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, cool, Maybe man. the run-ins. I don't the know. Run-ins. Yeah, yeah. There like the run-ins. There you go. Testers. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Najee, thank you. been thank an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you. I mean, I sat and watched it at home, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking... Respect to the athletes, because they're athletes. Uh-huh. I, I can't look at you and not think of you as athletes, whether right. they're girls, boys, teams, or whatever it is. But now on set, I'm looking at these obstacle courses. It's a whole other game. And what it looks like it could be doable at uh-huh. home. No. It looks like impossible <laughs> in person. At and all. let me just tell you, I'll echo what he said, but, you know, I'll be a little less polite. I'm sitting at home like, what's the big damn deal? Okay. Anybody <laughs> so can do that. I, that's how I was. Yeah, yeah it's good. Pad you to pad to pad. Now I'm jumping, jumping and catching a rope. That might be a little tough, yeah. but I could do that. Yeah. And now I'm here, and the easiest thing on this course is terrifying. <laughs> I mean, it is literally yeah. terrifying to go up there and look at that. Yeah. What, it's insane. What I get the feeling of having... I've walked the course, and that's as close as I'll get to being a ninja. Mm-hmm. This isn't challenging me just physically. If I were physically capable to complete this, the psychological, oh, yeah. the mental, the strategizing, the fact that the guys that have developed and designed this course have designed it in a way to test muscle groups at certain stages of the course. Right. And if I am lucky enough to get to the very end, there's that wall of death thing. Mm-hmm. There's that big surprise. They are just, they must just sit back laughing and giggling. It really is supreme yes. athletic, physical, and mental challenge. Yeah, you guys should be proud of yourself. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You have to be in peak condition to do this. And, you know, and, and I would say young, but then there was a 60 year old guy that did it. And I was just like, yeah. yep. F that dude. <laughs> like, he's making it look bad. Yeah, he's Come making on. everybody look he's bad. Making, yep, Somebody needs sure. to get rid of him. I want to be like him yeah. when he grew up. <laughs> well, that's our show, Chuck. And it was a good one, I got to tell you. Yeah, great fun being yeah. on set here I'm, at American I'm, Ninja Warrior. All I'm the tired. noise, I'm all the buzz, all the hubbub. And uh, thank you to obviously Najee, Joe, the two ninjas, Anthony, the executive producer, Anthony Storm. And, of course, the two hosts. And if you want to tune in, find out and see for yourself, Chuck, when is it on and where is it? Mondays at 8 on NBC. That's where the action happens. If you have never, ever thought about watching American Ninja Warriors in the past, give it a go. There's a lot more science in it. There's a lot more going on than you would ever, ever think. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.